For Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, I'm Nick Hennon, and this is SciVibe. Curtis Larimer, a PNNL material scientist, joins the program today, and we're going to talk a little bit about one of the critical weapons in the raging war against COVID-19. Curtis, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Yeah, thanks for talking with me. Science. Technology. Scientific discovery. This is SciVibe. So PPE, a critical weapon in the raging war against COVID-19. And you're behind a new repellent material designed to shed infectious diseases like COVID and others. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've been working for several years on a new material that could integrate into PPE, and it's called Elastidry. So uh, how did you discover Elastidry? Yeah, my journey towards this started back in 2015. At that time, the large global public health crisis was Ebola virus, uh, which was raging in West Africa, and there were a few cases that made it into the U.S. And the lab called all of our scientists to action and said, we need new ideas. Does anyone have anything that they're doing in their current research that they think could be applicable to help make our nation more prepared for this epidemic? Wow, that's so wild. Like, how did that go down? Uh, I remember the moment I was sitting uh, on a meeting, calling into a meeting, and the manager just said, listen, we don't have any predetermined notions of what we're looking for. If you've got a crazy idea, we want to hear it. And something just kind of clicked at me. And I thought, you know, we've been working on these repellent coatings. And if we could do something like that with the PPE, it could be really impactful. And so I wrote up a short description of the idea, got passed around. Eventually, we got a small amount of seed funding to start developing this new material. And I was a postdoc at the time. And so it was just really exciting to see an idea that I had get picked up. Oh, man. Yeah, I bet that was quite a thrill. And now in the news, you know, we're hearing about this highly contagious variant of the coronavirus. It's much more infectious. When we think about that in terms of Ebola and the other infectious diseases, this type of material really is sort of a one-all for infectious diseases in general right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's definitely not designed specifically for COVID-19. I don't, I don't want to uh, give the wrong impression that this is going to uh, uh, end the pandemic or be the silver bullet, so to speak. But we think that it can have an impact, especially for those healthcare professionals who have to have hands-on contact with, with patients because it's designed so that those infectious materials won't stick to the gloves and then get transferred to all the other things that they have to touch, right? The equipment, the medications, and everything. So we, we hope that it could be impactful in the COVID-19 fight, but beyond that, to just the, the day-to-day care that goes on in our healthcare settings across the country. And so there's a personal connection for you as well um, with regards to your wife. Tell us about that story. Yeah, so my wife is trained as a nurse. She had been working as a nurse at the time. Now she's um, staying at home with our two kids. But especially reading those news reports around the time of Ebola, a number of nurses in the United States uh, were infected. And the thought of my wife going to work one day and then coming home with a deadly infection, you know, was a pretty strong motivator. You know, I wanted to develop something like Elastidry that would help prevent something like that from happening even in our own family. Sure. So 
explain Elastodry to me, what it is and, and what does it do? Yeah, yeah. So I think that we all have a good idea of some materials absorb water and some can keep water from going through them and some make water more easily kind of roll off. People have, have like waxed their cars and you can see the, the little uh, droplet beat up on the car wax. And, and we have like Teflon pans at home that are more nonstick. And so uh, Elastodry is on that same spectrum, except it's on the way far end of really super repellent. I like to describe it as at a very, very tiny scale, like thousands of times smaller than human hair. There's like a bed of nails on the surface of my material. And just like a bed of nails where that uh, carnival performer is gonna lay down and the weight gets distributed to all those sharp points, we're able to do that with water. So the water molecules themselves actually kind of distribute their weight and get held up off the surface by these tiny little points. This type of material has been known for a long time. There are plants uh, in nature. Uh, one is the lotus plant. Oh yeah, the lotus. It's got a beautiful flower and a big green leaf. It grows naturally in these super wet environments. And so in order to keep itself clean, it has these super small bumps. And if water, rainwater, or anything falls on that leaf, it just rolls right off the surface. So scientists have been inspired by nature and trying to replicate that behavior in man-made materials for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And what's unique about what we did with Elastodry is we took that structure, which it has to be really tightly controlled. Right, it has to be just the right size, just the right surface chemistry. It has to have the right orientation of all those little nails in the bed of nails, so to speak. We put it into something where now you could bend it, and stretch it, and it would keep the right structures in place. So the real innovation with Elastodry is making something like that that's able to stretch. So it's like a super repellent substance. Exactly. And if you see it in action, I like to call it, it's like how to keep a room full of scientists entertained <laughs> because you just can't take your eyes off of it. You put water on it, it starts dancing around Whoa! and you tilt it even just a little bit and that water goes skating right off the edge. It just does not want to stay on it. Wow. That's so cool. And all along in the lab, you're working, do you have your wife in the back of your mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. She's a big inspiration for me, she and my kids. Um, keep me motivated, keep me coming to work, being excited every day in the laboratory work that I do and, and you know all the other research. And I'm sure also the doctors and nurses out there saving lives, the first responders, all the healthcare workers, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anything, this year has given us Finally, a good reason to appreciate all those people who are toiling um, day after day and taking on those risks that for us seem remote, but for them they encounter all the time. Right. How did you figure out how to create a latex glove? Yeah, well, I can tell you that my original idea for how we were going to do it did not work. Uh, it failed, and so we had to go back to the drawing board through a really long process of testing out different methods. We finally got to something that could reliably produce this super repellent surface. And then of course we had to test it. And I had in my mind that I wanted to get something that would stretch and would kind of hold those properties. But I, I kind of knew eventually we we're gonna stretch it beyond its limit. And so I expected it to get worse and worse in performance. But when we went to the lab, 
and we started testing it. We have some specific methods for measuring water repellency. I thought that was going to decline, you know, stretch a little bit more, it gets worse. And, and actually, it surprised us because we started stretching and it got better. It was really confusing. And so we went back to the lab and did it again. It happened again. Uh, my mentor, Shane Adelman, sent me back to the lab over and over again because we just didn't understand what was happening until we took some microscope images of the surface. We could see that the surface, which started out kind of smooth, was actually breaking apart into cracks, kind of like a dry lake bed. And those cracks were actually improving the structure, making it closer to what we see in nature and improving the performance. And so at that point, we knew that we really had something that was going to work and even work while stretching long distances. So I can make a latex elastodry material and I can stretch it to three times its original length and it still is just as water repellent as it was when it's not stretched. So let's fast forward to November and this award. What is the name of this competition that the lab entered Elastodry for? Yeah, this was the National Lab Accelerator pitch event. It started by just getting a message from one of PNNL's commercialization managers. Of course, I work closely with the commercialization team because we want to get this technology out into the world, you know, off the lab bench and, and into the market. The email said, hey, we're going to have this pitch competition, you know, um, and we'd like you to, to prepare something. I said, okay, and I started pulling together some materials. The first step was to have an internal competition. So a lot of great technologies come out of PNNL. There were several that gave pitches and a group of local Tri-Cities business and economic development folks um, contributed as judges for that event. I was lucky enough that they chose me as, as the winner on, on that day. My next step was to go on to the national competition. And this was a competition that's sponsored by the Department of Energy and Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Usually they would be holding this event in person, you know, have the scientists uh, stand up on stage and give their pitches. But of course, we're doing everything virtual. Uh, I had to make a recorded pitch, just 10 minutes long, and then send it in. And then on the day, they played the recorded pitch, and then I had a, a sort of 10-minute question and answer session after that with a panel of judges that came from Silicon Valley and, and lots of folks with experience in commercializing lab technologies. And how many other labs were involved in the contest, also vying for the prize that you won? There were, there were 10 other really impressive technologies. Did you feel as if there was any one of those that came close to sort of beating you out where you were like, wow, that's amazing? Oh, of course. I mean, every time I learn more about the scientific work that's going on at PNNL and in the other national labs, I'm, I'm just impressed by the incredible work that's going on. Right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Was there anything growing up, Curtis, that said to you, you know what, I'm going to be a scientist? So I did a lot of science fair projects uh, when I was in school. I think everybody remembers doing those like in middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. I just had a lot of fun doing it. I worked on some team projects with like my best friends. Uh, we loved, you know, getting out and doing experiments, recording the data, trying to understand what was happening. And so, I don't know, I think I just never uh, grew up past that like high school science class, having fun doing uh, whatever experiment, except of course now I design my own experiments and, and get to follow my own <laughs> interests, which is one of the reasons I love the job. What do you like to do for fun when you're not in the lab? 
oh, I love getting out into the Pacific Northwest, go camping with my family, do hiking. My mentor at the lab and I, he's a big fisherman, so we get out on the Columbia River and fish for salmon and steelhead. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah. Do you ever see things in nature that inspire you later in the lab? Yeah. I mean, um, one of our other materials behaves a lot like fish slime. Oh. Right. So fish glide through the water. They don't have all of this stuff stuck to their scales, right? Yeah. And it's because they have this protective slime. So mm. um, we thought, well, why don't we make a material like that that, that kind of has its own protective slime layer so we don't get the nasty stuff, but we just keep what we want. And so we have another material that's called Slick, actually, and it kind of has this protective slime layer on the surface. Wow. Is there something that's next in terms of uh, material that you want to work with specifically? Is there a material that you've never worked with that you'd like to work with? Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever asked me that question. I don't, I don't normally think from the material to start with. I usually think of the application first. Sure. Right? So what do I want to do? And then I think about what materials I'll need to get to that application. Mm-hmm. So with Elastodry, it was I want to make PPE a glove that's got this repellent property. You're going to need something stretchy. I'm going to start with latex, nitrile. But we also need, you know, this surface chemistry and bed of nails type structure. So then we start looking into our tool chest, so to speak, of what 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 other materials could we could we use there. So yeah, I guess I think of it more from what property or what application am I trying to develop towards, and then work my way back towards what materials I'm going to use. That's so interesting because the average person doesn't understand how you think and, you know, that you start there and then go back into say, what can I do to solve this problem? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like assembling a puzzle, but where when you put one piece in, it kind of changes the shape of all the other pieces. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know if you have a complete puzzle until you start putting together pieces. And a lot of times you might put in, you know, one extra thing and it just, it makes everything else uh, not work. So then you have to go back to the drawing board. And when it works, you have innovation. And when it works, yeah, that's when the research team gets to celebrate a bit. Do you have a moment of celebration yourself? Do you let yourself do a little dance in the lab when when it's right? (laughs) You know, it's such a slow process, right? Because from that spark, when you think you might have something, then you got to go in and really do testing. You got to validate. You got to understand why it's happening. You got to make sure that the scientific basis is strong. And so... Mm. I think um, it's not quite like developing a picture where, oh, everything comes into focus all at once. It's more <laughs> yeah. slow motion. But yeah, we, do, we get a chance to celebrate like on like when a patent gets granted. You're in those That's final a, stages. A culmination. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Curtis, this has been really awesome. I so appreciate you taking time for us and telling us about the story behind Elasta Dry. Really uh, compelling. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, it was a uh, really pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for listening to SciVibe. We're dedicated to sharing the excitement of discovery. If you had an aha moment while listening to SciVibe, please share and subscribe.